All right, it is the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels, and old Chris Michaels is rocking out to old music. I don't really know what I'm going to talk about, so we'll do one of those fantastic shows where it's no show prep and all brilliance. So let's see. Let's start with this. Ford plans to cut 8,000 jobs to help fund electric vehicle endeavors. Oh, what everybody doesn't like to acknowledge here with the fun- with the electric vehicle endeavors that they like to call it, according to Bloomberg, is that you can't charge your car during a heat wave. So you will overwhelm the grid and force brownouts and blackouts and everything else if you decide to charge your Tesla during a 100-degree heat. And oh, by the way, if you were to charge your Tesla or electric vehicle, you would increase your electric bill by almost 200%. Because do you know what people spend elect- uh, the, the most electricity on throughout the year that's air conditioning so they spend close to 75 percent of their annual electric bill on air conditioning alone the electric vehicle is four times as much expensive when it comes to your electric bill and you'll be spending essentially if you were to average it out over the course of 12 months almost double to three times your electric bill if you were to move over to an electric vehicle after you spent the 50 grand to purchase the thing. Never mind the fact that all of them blow up and when they do crash, they have to disassemble them so that people don't get electrocuted as they tow the damn thing off. So this, like I said from day one, is nothing more than control. It is all about control. It is all about making sure that you don't drive where they don't want you to drive. I was listening to uh, Catherine Austin Fitz. I don't know what podcast she was on, uh, but she was with an Aussie. And she was talking about how you need to start preparing for... Uh, about two years of isolation. In other words, you have to start creating networks of individuals and other people that have your same kind of mindset in order to make it through tough times. And these farmers are expecting at least two years of food shortages and inflated prices when it comes to buying just basic foodstuffs out there. Why? Because to be honest with you, from everything that I've heard, we are at the tail end of the food reserves. Basically, we're using stock that's a year to two years old. That's what you're seeing in the food stores right now. So once all of that has been diminished, then you're going to be in a heap big trouble because you're not going to be able to get the food anywhere else so you have to start creating these local networks these bartering style systems or if you've got a network of individuals friends or family that you're all comfortable with essentially pooling your money together so that everybody has a reserve fund then you've got to start creating those kinds of networks and like i said they're talking about being prepared for 24 months, two years worth of foodstuffs. And they also talk about how you need to start coming to the conclusion that you have to protect yourself 
and you have to protect your family because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, just look at what happened during COVID with all the branch COVIDians and the morons that believed the quote-unquote science the whole time, right? How many times have they been wrong, and how many times have I been right? Uh, Oh, I don't know, almost all of the time. So what you have to start preparing for is this kind of isolation where you have to rely upon yourself and a very, very close-knit network of individuals that share your mindset. I mean, just look at what happened in Sri Lanka. They basically cut that nation off. They wouldn't allow fuel in. They wouldn't allow supplies in. And this is just going across all of the social media networks, is that if you want to purchase gas or any type of fuel in Sri Lanka right now, you have to hook yourself up to a World Economic Forum database. It's so basically the World Economic Forum supported some kind of QR code that forced individuals to upload their ID electronically. So if you want to purchase gasoline, if you want to just live, you have to have all of your data uploaded into the cloud that is controlled by the government and the banks. That's how dictatorial Sri Lanka is. They used Sri Lanka as a testing ground because... If they can force individuals into such a spot where they can't even drive or buy food, they will do anything to just be able to live. And one of those things is going over to a digital system of complete control. Mark my words, that's what they're going to try to do here and throughout the West. And as always... It is not as dire as people believe it should be because as everything goes in nature and in life, there's always a balance. Now, it doesn't mean that the counterforce of the dictatorial Nazis that are in control of the West is good. It just means it's slightly better and a little bit more just than the prevailing winds here in the United States. So from Summit News... We've got old Putin out there. Now, if you ever look at Putin, he went through something. It looks like he's on steroids because he is enormous right now. And the right side of his body looks a little limp. A new world order is coming, says Putin. And he blasts the globalist ideology of totalitarianism, which is something that I've been saying since day one that I've been on here. Russian President Putin asserted earlier today that the globalist world order, the new world order, is totalitarian and is holding back creative pursuit, which he's 100% right on. If you're in the West, everything is top-down government. What the government says is what you're allowed to do. And if you dare stray from a government edict, from a demand of a state governor, then you are a danger to society. So if you streamline all of that, and if you align yourself with the bureaucrats like the Dr. Fauci's and his hideous wife and the cross-dressing Klaus Schwab, how could any creativity 
activity take hold. And Putin is 100% right. He said that the model of total dominance of the so-called golden billion is unjust. What he's talking about here is all of the billionaires that are creating policy throughout the Western world, and they're trying to instigate their policies upon the rest of the world. Why should the golden billion, I was going to say bullion, among the planet's population dominate others, impose its own rules of conduct? Based on the illusion of exclusivity, this model divides people into first and second class status. We saw that all throughout COVID. We saw how they tried to create a caste society where everybody knows their place. And if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, if you're employed, you're unemployed, you know where you should stand and you know your rights, right? No, wrong. And is therefore racist, Putin said, and neo-colonial in its essence, which is he's 100% right. And the globalist supposedly liberal ideology, which underlines... It's increasingly acquiring the features of totalitarianism, holding back creative pursuit, and free historical creation. Now, isn't this something that you would expect to hear from an American or somebody in the Western world, like in England or a France? Certainly not a Spain or a Portugal. Maybe Italy. So he goes on. Of course, this golden billion did not become golden by accident. It has achieved a lot. But it did not only take up its positions, thanks to the realization of some ideas, but to a large extent due to the robbery of other peoples in Asia and Africa. No matter how much Western and so-called supranational elites strive to preserve the existing order of things. Now, this is where Putin is saying enough is enough. He says, a new era is coming, a new stage in world history, and only true sovereign states can ensure high dynamics of growth and become an example for others. What he's saying is a unipolar world, a one-world government won't work. It will never work because we've got other countries out there that do not go along with this sick, disgusting style of government that the World Economic Forum and and Bill Gates and Joseph Biden and Barack Obama and Mitch McConnell, nobody wants that kind of life. Nobody wants that kind of planet or government or anything else that has to do with these people. This is a very, very well-organized minor elite. They are in the minority, but they're too well-organized. So that's where we come in, and we have to act as a counterbalance to all of it, to every single little bit of it. And it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot because you have people like Mitch McConnell in the Senate that is saying, I think we're going to have a crowded field for president. Now, old Rush Limbaugh used to refer to Mitch McConnell as the turtle, and he's exactly right, because it doesn't look like Mitch McConnell's upper lip actually moves whenever he speaks. Looks like he's got the polydent on too tight. So he said there's no incumbent. 
and it should be a wide-open race. McConnell also said that he'd absolutely support Trump if he were to run again and be the nominee in the Republican Party. So this is nonsense because Mitch McConnell knows that the voters want Donald Trump. There's nothing else out there. If you look at Joseph Biden's approval ratings, over 60% of Americans disapprove of Joseph Biden. Only about 30%, actually less than 30%, approve of what he's doing. Now, when you hear statistics like that, you're also having to factor in that when these pollsters go out there and generate these statistics, they're going to Democrat-friendly populations. They're going to put their thumb on the scale of the populations they survey to make sure that the Democrat candidate is always going to come out ahead. They can't even do that anymore because in all of their polling, 60% of Americans say enough is enough with this old senile fart probable pederast and his dick son, Hunter Biden, who can't keep a crack pipe and a vagina out of his mouth, he's got to be prosecuted. He's some special. And Merrick Garland, Attorney General Merrick Garland, that little weird. I don't know. Did you ever see this guy? I mean, he's got a pair of glasses on him. He's got this floppy hair. He's got no chin and a big nose. No, 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 no. I'm not going down that road. But he's just bizarre looking. He's doing everything in his power to not bring any charges or a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden and how he was pivotal in allowing Russia to sell oil to the Chinese. Now, why would that even need to be something that he would be involved in unless the vice president at the time, Joseph Biden, was doing something that would inhibit sales such as that. Well, the Biden family would obviously be making money on the back end through dark channels. So anyway, going back to Mitch McConnell, what you have to realize about Mitch McConnell, Senate leader of the Republicans, is that his wife is tied to the Chinese government. His wife is tied and her family is all tied to the logistics networks that come in and out of China and in and out to the United States. So Mitch McConnell, just like Joseph Biden and Hunter Biden, and also... Debbie, what, what's her name? Feinstein? Deborah Feinstein? Uh, Senator Feinstein. I don't think her name, first name is Debbie. But Feinstein, Senator Feinstein, and also Pelosi, they are all compromised by the Chinese government. So what does that mean? It means that you cannot trust them. They do not want America to come first, and they are all about subservience. They're all about seditious actions to make sure that America can never compete with the Chinese on an even footing because they're doing whatever they can possibly do in their power to undermine American sovereignty. That's what's going on here. And Trump even came out in February of 2021 and said the turtle has got another thing coming. He said the Republican Party can never again be respected or strong with political leaders like Senator Mitch McConnell at its helm. And Mitch McConnell is dedicated to business as usual, status quo policies, together with his lack of political insight, wisdom, skill, and personality, has rapidly driven him from majority leader to minority leader, and it will only get worse. 
That's what's going on here. So you cannot trust Mitch McConnell no matter what he says. Mitch McConnell would sooner support somebody like DeSantis to be the presidential nominee because he knows that DeSantis will play ball ultimately. You have to look at DeSantis and what he is tied to. Sure. He looks fantastic, right? He gave the finger to everybody about the vaccines. He gave the finger to the government about masking and social distancing and locking down and all of that, right? He looks great, but you've got to look into all of his funders. Who are the big donors to DeSantis? And DeSantis is doing a lot of... How do I put it? He's putting the feelers out there with all of the major mega donors in the Republican Party. The other week he was in Salt Lake City. Now, why would the governor of Florida be going to Salt Lake City unless he was trying to undermine Trump and go after the big bucks? So Mitch McConnell would sooner go after somebody like DeSantis and push him to be the presidential nominee over Donald Trump, because ultimately Mitch McConnell knows that DeSantis is part of the network. DeSantis, by the way, if we're to believe the rumors, is also being pushed by Democrat intelligence agent General Flynn. So all the people out there that think General Flynn is some stand-up guy, the only question I have to ask you is why are all of the Republican candidates across the country seeking endorsement from a Democrat that spent 33 years in the intelligence apparatus throughout the United States? The penultimate deep state. Why are Republican candidates seeking endorsement from somebody like General Flynn, who was known to support people like Hillary Clinton and various other Democrats, who, by the way, also met with Comey's FBI, if you're to believe the story. Oh, by the way, oh, the FBI just waltzed in. That was according to Comey, because it was so loosey-goosey in the Trump White House, we didn't feel as though we needed to contact the legal department of the Trump White House. So we just strolled in and started to speak to General Flynn. Now, that to me does not speak of honesty. That to me, Democrat to Democrat, seems as though there was some kind of Russiagate activity going on. But that's just my conjecture. And in 2024, I would not be surprised if we've got the rematch of all times. Once again, from Summit News, former top advisor to Bill Clinton, pederist, I shouldn't say that, suspected pederist and frequent visitor of Epstein Island, claims that Joe Biden will be forced to step aside and be replaced by Hillary Clinton. Yes, none other than Hillary Clinton. So this prediction was made by some gentleman of the name Dick Morris, and he was all involved with the Clintons throughout the 90s. He said the Democrat establishment knows that Biden can't run again, and his quickly declining mental abilities and the economic disaster he presided over is a no-go. But on top of that, Kamala Harris is absolutely the worst. And he says that supposedly there's going to be a black candidate. I would suspect 
that's going to be Big Mike Obama, Michelle Obama, will emerge. And the only other person that could potentially take over as AOC, according to Dick Morris, and that will never happen because she's not old enough. As leftist candidates emerge as frontrunners in the Democratic primary, he said, pressure will grow on Hillary Clinton to enter the race. Much like Biden's surprise entrance in 2020, it wasn't a surprise, Democrats will see her as their savior, once again proving the lack of intelligence and lack of critical thought on the Democrat side of the aisle. As experienced politicians able to bridge the left and more moderate wings of the party. I mean, who believes Hillary Clinton would be a candidate that Democrats would want? I mean, it's absolutely idiotic. Why would why would anybody want Hillary Clinton anywhere near a microphone, never mind a presidential nominee again? She's been trying to be president since the mid-90s. And the only reason why she wasn't president in the mid-90s is because her husband was president at the time. This woman, this old mayor, this old gray mayor won't go away. And she needs to. She absolutely needs it. Think about it. Think about it. The mid-90s to the mid-2000s, mid-20-teens, and now we're going into the mid-20s. That's three decades of this miserable shrew not getting the effing message and going away. Nobody wants you. Nobody wants to hear from you. Nobody wants to see you. So please, please, you and your pear-shaped body march into the sunset and never contact us ever again. Speaking of pear-shaped, Mr. Nadler, New York Congressman Jerry Nadler, actually, he's not so much pear-shaped as he is barrel-shaped, he basically said the Democrats and him want to remove anybody's weapons at all costs. What there is, there's something called common use, and what Jerry Nadler wants to do is he wants to really clamp down on the definition of common-use firearms. And if he does, that means what? It means that they will knock at your door using the ATF to remove your firearms. They want to remove the Constitution. That's what they've been trying to do since the outbreak of covid that's, I mean, do you understand what's going on here? Every time somebody says something counter to the narrative, you are deplatformed. Now they're going to try to restrict your movement through electric vehicles and climate emergencies. They're going to try to strip away your firearms by saying, oh, it's not common use. You have to take it away now. You shouldn't be able to have or express your rights. This is what's actually happening here. It's not going to change. We need to start developing networks to draw lines in the sand and push back against these megalomaniacs, these fat, enormous people that don't know how to eat right. I mean, think about it. You got look at look at Hillary Clinton. Look at Jerry Nadler. I mean, these people need at least two to three seats on an airplane if they were to ride on one. I mean, these individuals, we're going to take advice from them. Really? They can't even eat right. Ugh, these insignificant, insufferable 
fat asses. I just can't stand them. Okay, so I'm going to leave it with this. After uh, listening to Catherine Austin Fitz, I think I'm going to try to look into what it would take to create a local network and how you people out there, all 10 of you, can create a local network within your communities to ensure that you have everything that you need to last through a depression or a recession. I mean, YouTube, because we all know that YouTube, owned by Google, is really run by the federal government and the the Pentagon uh, and the State Department and so on. Um, They are now taking down videos of preppers. In other words, people that are living off the grid used to post videos on how to build a house, how to build a fire, how to fish, all without electricity, Wi-Fi, internet, and all that stuff, right? They were trying to go back to the ways before the telephone. And YouTube has been taking all of these videos down. Why? They want you in total subservience. They want you to rely upon the government for every single one of your needs. Electricity, food, transportation, medical emergencies. They want you to be in total subservience. And once they try and do that, and once they, if they successfully do that, and I don't think they will, and they have the digital currency in place, they have now reinstituted a slave society because you can't do anything unless what you're doing is approved by the government. If they don't want you to travel more than five miles from your registered address, you won't. If they don't want you to buy any organic foods, you won't. If you, if they don't want you to have electricity one year or throughout a summer, or if they only want you to be eating bugs, they will try to enforce it because your digital currency won't be allowed to use to be used for purchases of anything other than soy burgers and bug burgers. And if you want to try to buy meat, then they'll triple the cost, quadruple the cost, because it's already triples. So now they'll try to quadruple or quintuple the cost. That's what their real motive is here. It's all about social engineering. And they're not going to stop until we push back. All right, that's going to be it for me for this week. I said I'd do a fourth podcast, but guess what? I'm not going to do it. It's going to be a three-podcast week. And this is The Last Call with Chris Michaels. Like me, find me, share me. At The Last Call Caravan uh, on, uh, you know, the, the spots. Twitter, Instagram, and also Truth Social.